0: Hello, you're listening to Which Moving Pictures Move Us, and I'm your host, Emma Bolzner. For September, the theme of this podcast will be all about back-to-school movies. Since many of us will have school virtually from home, I thought it would be fun to talk about some underrated university and high school movies this month. For today, I will be talking about the 2001 hit movie, Legally Blonde, starring Reese Witherspoon, Jennifer Coolidge, and Luke Wilson. And with me virtually is my good friend, Christina. Hello! Hello! So for those of you who haven't seen this film, Legally Blonde follows Elle Woods, who is like a rich socialite and who decides to apply to law school to follow her ex-boyfriend and to show him that she can be a smart, serious student and someone that he'll want to settle down with. Surprisingly, she ends up getting into Harvard Law School, but instead of chasing her ex-boyfriend, she begins to chase her dreams, realizing that becoming a lawyer is her actual calling. Although many people underestimate her because of her looks, she proves everybody wrong by defeating law school and a very important case in her own Elle Woods way. So Christina, what do we think of Legally Blonde?
1: I really liked it. I, Yeah, my, my big confession is that while my girlfriend got me really into the musical and I've been like a really big fan of the musical, especially recently, this was actually my first time watching the movie. Um, and like, I'm a music student, I'm a musical theater person, so I was... Sort of, I don't want to say skeptical, but I like had a low bar for the movie only because, like, I was like, well, is it going to be as good without the songs? Like, the songs are part of what makes the musical so good. Like, how much am I going to care about it when, when there's no music? But it's so good. Like, the plot's so good, the characters are all so good. It's, I, I really liked it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a really fun movie, and I don't think people talk about it enough. I have heard of the musical, but I've never seen it, and it definitely was Reese Witherspoon's breakout role, but I can't believe it's almost 20 years old now.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize, because I knew that it was an early 2000s movie, and I mean, like, as soon as you start watching it, you're slapped in the face with early 2000s, but also, I didn't realize it was, like, 2001. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I, it doesn't, I mean, she doesn't age, but that movie doesn't seem old. Like when I, I, there are some movies from the early 2000s that I have rewatched that I really liked in childhood, not just because they're kids' movies, but they're very dated, like with the flip phones and other kind of things. But this one, I feel like you could watch it in another 20 years. It still would be really relevant.
1: Yeah, the only, literally the only part of this movie where you're like, oh, this is an early 2000s movie is the intro, like the opening credits and like the you know the title screen like that part is very like 2001 like you know you're watching movie yeah. 2001 but if you skipped over that and just started where the plot starts you you wouldn't i wouldn't have guessed it was like from the early 2000s it like it's a timeless plot as they say
0: yeah and also like the font at the beginning and the music at the very end it's very very 2000s like i don't know what the song is but it's like one of those bands that you don't really hear, hear of anymore, like, Britney, not Britney Spears, but something like that.
1: Yeah, I was actually, I was thinking about this, um, like, the last time I listened to the musical soundtrack, which honestly was, like, only a couple days ago, um, but I was thinking about, like, this is weird, but I was thinking about the evolution of, like, the popular girl, TM, and I was like, when did we go from the popular girl being, like, the, you know, Sharpay Evans, Elle Woods, like, the plastics, like, they wear pink, and they're, you know, bright and perky and all of this stuff, to nowadays, where it seems like the stereotypical popular girl is very much like, I don't know, the one who wears, like, Nikes and Adidas and dresses in, like, black and white.
0: And I think that change really happened with Netflix. I gotta give them the credit, because I think for so long in, like, the 80s, especially with the John Hughes um, coming-of-age movies, they always had, like, this typical, stereotypical popular girl. And the popular girl was always the meanest. And they were always so unkind and, like, always had, like, the jock boyfriend. And I think in the early 2000s, they still really kept that up. Like, if you've seen Princess Diaries, right? And the girl in that is, like, very stereotypical i think it's played by mandy moore and she's like the nasty girl literally every blonde girl in those early movies like regina george and mean girls are always like Sharpe evans are always like the nastiest and they have no development at all but legally blonde seems even though it was made around the same time as like high school musical and princess diaries it's very different he doesn't keep that stereotype. Yeah,
1: definitely. It's I don't know. Yeah, I think I think you're right cuz I just I I just find it interesting how I don't know, like obviously like fashion and what is considered cool personality-wise, I feel like has changed for like stereotypical like dudes, but I feel like overall like it's always sort of the same type of guy that's been the popular guy, especially in media. Um, whereas, like, I feel with, like, girls, there's been such a shift from, like, the Elwoods Woods and the Sharpe Evans to, like, I don't know, um... Who comes to mind like oh frig i don't remember her name but the i don't know if you've seen the so the netflix show sex education but like the the cool girl on that is like so different like
0: with i just finished the watching the movie uh the half of it and the girl in that is like not um like she's popular but she's not a bitch like she's not nasty and she's not stupid like they always like to make them out to be and even the popular people in book smart but what i also really like about teenage kind of transition movies or shows now is that if we're seeing the perspective of high school from a person that you automatically know is not popular we don't see the popular people because in real high school situations popular people don't have anything to do with the unpopular people and the unpopular people have nothing to do with the popular people and that's what always bothered me in those early 2000s movies is you know, like the unpopular person would go up to the popular girl or the popular girl would go up to the unpopular girl. And I'd always be like, they don't speak. Like, especially in my high school experience, I never spoke to the popular, popular girls and they weren't part of my high school experience. And in like, never have I ever that new Netflix show by Mindy Calling, there, we don't even know who the popular people are because we are just seeing Davy's perspective of her high school. Yeah,
1: that's so interesting, and yeah, I feel like that's a lot more, like, true to life. Like, I don't know, there was always, like, mean girls, or, like, mean people in my high school, to be sure, but at the same time, like, I don't know, we didn't have a massive bullying problem or anything, it certainly wasn't a mean girls situation, and, like, most of the popular people, yeah, I just, like, didn't talk to them, they didn't talk to me, and it wasn't a hate thing, we just, like, swam in different circles,
0: yeah, exactly, and I I always don't know if it's more of like American thing that they just want to make conflict because like with High School Musical and Reality, Gabriella and Sharpay would never have talked to one another.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think like it's also funny. I think one of the things that's like really funny about the start of uh, Legally Blonde for me is this like total role reversal where you know here's Elle Woods like you know, one of the really popular girls of UCLA. Um, She makes some comment at the beginning about how, like, everyone likes her. She was, like, homecoming queen, all this stuff. And then she gets there, and all of these people who, you know, probably in other university settings or in high school would have been considered, like, the nerds and the geeks... Now because they're the dominant population of Harvard like she's the loser and she's the one everybody looks down on and you know they're the equivalent of like cool at Harvard because they are smart and serious and dress serious and
0: yeah it's the reverse yeah and I also like how at the beginning um the we see the characters set up alwoods as having everything you know she has a mansion she has a great looking boyfriend she has a great living in a great sorority she's you know doing well in school whatever she's doing she has all the money and then the problem comes in like less than 10 minutes where she expects her boyfriend Warren to um ask her to marry him and instead he breaks up with her and then the problem is set up where this wow this girl doesn't have everything Her, she can't plan out her life as she wanted it to be and it's just nice to sometimes see the perfect little rich girl go down a notch, even though she's not mean. Yeah,
1: no, definitely. And I think um, one of the things that's interesting that, because like I said, like because I, I, I watched the musical first, there were you know expectations I had of what was going to happen that didn't. Um, and one of the things that I thought was interesting that they added to the musical, which I feel like was added because um, maybe they felt like Maybe because it was made, like, a few years later, and they felt like in the movie, um, Elle is seen more as, like, a can-do-no-wrong icon, where in the musical, they, like, they they develop Emmett's character a lot more, and they give him, like, a whole backstory that he does not have in the movie. I don't think we find out, like, anything about Emmett.
0: Yeah, and Emmett is who um, Elle meets when she's at Harvard and befriends and we don't really get to see i mean there's obviously a bit of attraction right away he's definitely the opposite of warren but they, they meet when she's still in the transition of if she wants to be with warren still and if he'll have her back so she is still not really feeling attraction to him right away
1: yeah yeah and it's it's interesting cuz what they this like elaborate backstory that they end up giving Emmett in the musical is that he comes from the slums and like a really poor family and he had to work two jobs and get all these scholarships to even be able to go to Harvard and so they add in this little like this tiny little class commentary sort of subplot where Emmett's like oh yeah I'm sorry people are being so mean to you here but also you gotta acknowledge the fact that you had enough money to just like come to harvard at the drop of a hat which i did not and he sort of like knocks her down a couple pegs um before their friendship really starts which i think is like a really interesting element to add is this idea of like you know we still root for Elle and she's still our hero and we still want the best from her but also like this acknowledgement of like well you know not everybody could afford to just decide one day to go to harvard to follow their boyfriend like
0: yeah, I think Callahan, even in the movie, says a line saying, I think she just woke up one day and just decided to go to law school. <laughs> and and it's very much, she's in a privileged position, very privileged position. So she did work hard. And I liked that they showed her um, working hard to get a place in Harvard. They showed her studying. They showed her not partying. I mean... I hope, like, it was a bit unrealistic how quickly she got ready for those exams, but it's a movie, but I like that they showed that and took the time, and then, but when she got there, things just kind of got easier once she got in, and then the classes started freaking her out because she was really not prepared. I mean, it was funny how everybody in the lecture halls had these, like, really old 2000s computers, and she comes with, like, a little frilly pen and, like, a notebook, (laughs) And I think she really felt like a fish out of water then. But her transition to getting into the school was pretty easy.
1: I did really like... um, Like, I always liked the character of Elle Woods. This is what I'm trying to say. I've always liked the character of Elle Woods. And I think that, yeah, the fact that we see how hard she works to get into Harvard initially and then how hard she ends up working um, to do as well as she does. And obviously when we get the two-year time jump, she's graduated top of her class, so clearly she is like put in the work, and become this, like, really credible law student, but I just think, it's nice that the, also because the musical is, like, a little bit longer, like, I'm pretty sure the original movie is, like, an hour and a half-ish, and musicals tend to be, like, two to two and a half hours, so they had more the time to, like, flush stuff out a little more, yeah. and add some stuff, so I thought it was just, like, an interesting addition to add in, um, this, this commentary on how... Yeah, like, we can respect Elle for how hard she has worked to get here and how hard she continues to go on to work throughout the musical, but also, like, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I actually think... I really liked the growth of Elle Woods' character. Like, we root for her at the very beginning when, when her boyfriend breaks up with her, and we're always on her side for the rest of the film, even through her growth. But I like that she never changes who she is. She always stays true to herself. And yes, she's, you know very bubbly not to say that she's dumb because she's definitely not dumb but she looks at the world in a very optimistic privileged light because she's kind of lived in a box all her life and you know when she gets there this there's all this change but she still stays you know true to who she is and like she doesn't change how how she looks and she doesn't look smarter for warren um, and I really, really like that. But at the
1: end, you know, the, the big reveal is that she ends up going to court in her pink dress again. Because at the end of the day, like, it doesn't matter if she dresses seriously like the other Harvard students or not. What matters is her brain and how smart she is. And, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, and I was just going to say that watching characters like that growing up as a child in this century was I think very important, maybe not at the time my eight-year-old self noticed it, but seeing a girl that doesn't have to change for a man, yes, her beginning motive, and I think we talked about this a little bit in in the Little Woods episode, of how a lot of the times the movie starts off with the problem is either of a guy or the reason for the character being there or doing anything, her motive at the beginning, is all because of Warren. But it doesn't end up that way, and it doesn't become... Her motive doesn't change to Emmett either. She, like I said at the beginning, her motive by the end of the film is just chasing her dreams. And I think as a little kid watching that, it probably had a big impact on me.
1: Yeah, we see that, like, Elle has this growth and this realization that if Warner wanted her to change for him, then he wasn't worth it, and that... You know, we we don't get to see much of her and Emmett's relationship, but, we can, but from what little we see of when they first sort of start to become friends and start to get to know each other is that, you know, he likes Elle for who she is. He would never ask her to change. He supports her. He supports her the whole way through.
0: And I think this was one of the first movies that showed that in the early 2000s. Like, a woman having a job, going to university having a boyfriend but not having to change for the boyfriend, and then eventually getting engaged but still keeping her job. I think this was one of the first films in Hollywood. And just to add to what you were saying, um, their relationship, Emmett and her, is very strong, and even though we don't get to see much of it, I found it really ironic at the end when she does spoilers, cracks the case and finds out who the murderer is, but... Um, uh, Warren goes up to her and says oh you know Pooh Bear I really want you back I think we should try it again and
1: I really yeah I, I think um I watched it more recently so I don't remember the exact line either but she even like hits him with something along the lines of because when he dumps her at the beginning of the movie which is you know the catalyst for everything he says you know if I'm going to be a senator by the time I'm 30 I need to date somebody who's serious and, uh, and then at the end of the movie, she sort of swings it back at him and says, you know, if I'm going to be yeah. uh, working for a prestigious law firm by the time I'm 30, you know, I can't be tied down by you. And-, and I loved
0: in another scene where she arrives at the university and she finds out that he's now engaged to another person, a more serious law student, who looks very plain compared to Al. And she goes up to him and says, when she gets into the... Um, when she gets involved in the case and there's like a number of law students that are involved in the case and she goes up to Warren and she says, remember that time after we um, like graduated for the summer and we were in the hot tub for four hours? This is so much better than that. And I've just always loved that line. I like that Vivian and Elle, after a very well time, they actually become friends. And I really like that because it shows that they're not gonna be um have power over by a man and that they can still be friends even though one is dating and one is the ex of this boyfriend but it doesn't mean and they're also on the case together it doesn't mean that they can't work together because of this guy in the way yeah
1: definitely and you really see that like um as soon as Elle stops chasing Warner and starts to really go after her own dreams and her own pursuit of this law degree how much better her life is and how much healthier she is and then you know she's able to actually start to see vivian as a person and not just you know this blockade in the way of my warner it's it's nice to and then vivian doesn't see her as a threat anymore so it's nice to see them be able to become friends vivian
0: really realizes like oh if she's not really still into war then why do i have to worry and at the beginning of the film oh my gosh when she invites her to a party and she tells Elle that's a costume party and of course in Hollywood they always put the costume to be the most ridiculous costume you could wear so Elle comes into this like with wearing a pink bunny suit and she gets in there and everybody because they're serious law students are like in suits or like in plain clothes and there she is in her costume and it's just so embarrassing and you feel so embarrassed for her because here's this like fish out of water Malibu girl like oh my god I can't believe Perel falls for the oldest trick in the
1: book. It's never a costume party when your enemy tells you it's a costume party, Al, Come on!
0: I know, because it doesn't look as bad if you show up without a costume, but if you're the one with the costume and no one else is, oh, that's rough. I also was uh, thinking how modern it is for the time, and this was like, I don't know, 15 years before the Me Too movement, but when Callahan does make... That's Callahan as the professor... And he knows Elle is a good student and smart. And he wants her on the side and he makes a pass at her. And how that is interpreted in different ways because Vivian sees him touching her leg and, you know, interprets this. And Elle, of course, I hate when movies do this. Vivian walks away and then Elle stands up to Callahan and says, like, what are you doing? I'm your student. But, of course, Vivian doesn't see this and there's, like, more conflict but I was really shocked that they'd show something like that back in 2001 because no one really spoke about that.
1: Yeah, well, and not only do they they show it, but, like, Elle wins. Like, we obviously, we don't really see what happens to Callahan after he gets um, taken off of this case. Uh, we don't know if he faced any, like, repercussions at Harvard or, you know. He he just sort of becomes irrelevant, because he is. But uh, it's, like, it's so nice to see <laughs> Elle actually come out on top of it in the sense of, you know, she wasn't going to have him bully her into leaving the case and leaving school, like, she, she bounces right back, and, you know, she ends up stealing that win from him, and clearly she's, you know, as we see when, um, the, uh, I don't remember her name, but the female law professor who talks to her in the hair salon, um, and then, and ends up, you know, encouraging Elle to, to go back at it, and to, um, uh, is the one who, like, introduces Elle as valedictorian at the end, um, like, you know, she's so supportive of her, and, you know, it's a just, it's, it's really nice to see Elle not only have this, like, support system of people who believe her, um, but also, like, yeah, see her get to, to rise out on top.
0: Yeah, and it's women supporting women, and that wasn't really shown Back, it's rarely shown now and it's always the funny it's like such a strange group of people like it's uh the ex-girlfriend and the new girlfriend that are supporting each other and then it's like an old lady professor and it's like the um person that does her nails at the nail salon and it's these funny group but they're all very supportive of one another and I just love that and I like that when she does end up standing up to Callahan she doesn't quite say it but because these words are more used now in this decade but she pretty much stands up for herself being like I'm not going to be objectified and underestimated by you because in reality everyone throughout the whole movie looks at her just by her appearance and they just always say to one another how can she be here why is she here but why is it so hard to believe that someone like her could be a law student why can't she go to law school why just because she's blonde and has a pretty face and maybe a good sized breast makes her you know incapable of being here
1: yeah definitely it's it's nice to see you know this because obviously like i don't want to make it seem like you know oh like pretty people have so many challenges in their life because you know like obviously like there is definitely like always going to be like a bias like in favor of like attract like conventionally attractive people but at the same time like you can't deny the fact that like this is a very real thing of like you know the stereotype that like blonde, pretty popular girls are nothing but, you know, ditzes like her poor friends at Delta New, um, and, you know, like these, like, ditzy party girls who don't really do much, like, you know, you can't make that assumption about everybody. Like, she, even at the beginning, when, um, before she's gone to law school, when she stands up to that saleswoman, uh, (laughs) trying to sell her, like, the on-sale dress for full price, um, and Elle totally just, like, smacks her down and is, like, oh, really? You're trying to sell me, you know, this with this stitching, which ruins the dress that's, you know, clearly a sale dress. And, you know, you see from the beginning, like, she's always been smart.
0: Yeah. And I don't, I think she always was smart, but people didn't see her in that light. So she didn't think she was capable of going to law school because probably from the age of six, her life was planned out of what school she was going to go to, who she was going to marry, and, you know, what the name of her kids will be. I bet that was all planned out so she didn't think, as a privileged person, out of the box. But when this breakup happens, she needs to change her life. And how brave is she and, like, courageous to have done that, you know? Go to Harvard, be without her silly, ditzy friends. Uh, Her friends wouldn't have done that. They would have just cried and, like, made a fool of themselves to want their boyfriend back.
1: Yeah, exactly. I also, um, this is backtracking a little bit. But I really liked that, um, one of, like, which is also, sadly, like, it's not the most believable thing in the world, um, but I like that Emmett really makes that good impression of when, uh, when Elle tells him that, that Callahan mm-hmm. hit on her... Emmett believes her instantly. Like, he doesn't question it. He doesn't say, like, oh, are you sure? Like, Mm -hmm. he didn't do that. Like, Emmett just believes her and is like, oh my god, that's awful. Which is so nice. Like, that's when you realize, like, oh yeah, Emmett's a good dude.
0: (laughs) And that's so refreshing to see, because usually the first question that comes out of even females' voices is, well, what were you wearing? And it was just so refreshing to have a character, because Warren wouldn't have believed... Her, he would have just said sleep with him to get a better grade
1: yeah well and especially since like you know even Vivian another woman like initially seeing Callahan hit on Elle she just assumes that this is something that Elle has done to you yeah. know
0: and she doesn't give her even a chance to explain herself
1: yes definitely yeah her initial thought is to you know assume that Elle is in the wrong just because that's like how we are conditioned to see things. And so it's nice that Emmett just instantly, you know, takes her side and, and knows that yeah. she's telling the truth.
0: And that's why I love Elle Woods is she's like not judgmental at all. She is, looks at everybody as an equal. She doesn't even judge that um, guy that's in her lock. One of her law classes and he really wants a girlfriend and she sees him struggling on the street to ask a girl out and she goes up to them and says you broke my heart I really want to go out with you to make it seem like he's like this great guy to go out with and she helps everybody and she doesn't get anything in return and she may look like one of those Sharpay Evans kind of characters but she is so kind and thoughtful. Yeah, and, and she doesn't judge the the murderess who everyone thinks murdered this person. And I like that they have a case in the movie because it really adds to this, like it adds some suspense and mystery to it, which makes it really fun. But anyways, the case is about this uh, woman who is accused of murdering her newlywed husband and the husband is pretty old and she's like very young around uh, Elle Wood's age. And Elle Wood's just looks at her right away, not like the others. They I, they already judge her, and they already are very biased and think, yep, she killed the husband. They don't even think twice, even though, as lawyers, you should always have an open mind, especially if you are on the character's name is Brooke. On Brooke's side, they should have had, like, hmm, well, who else could have done it? And Elle instantly thinks nope i don't think she did it but i'm not gonna rule her out i'm just gonna give her a chance and she goes to see her in jail and talks to her and it's really nice because the others wouldn't have done that and callahan certainly wouldn't he really was gonna put her in jail yeah,
1: definitely and it's like it's um it's it's just sad to see how you know here they are making assumptions again they see this you know blonde, popular woman who is married to this guy who what is he like thirty years her senior or something, and they just assume that, oh well, she yeah. have really loved him, they couldn't have really had a good relationship. She must have been the one to kill him um and I don't know, like you're she's your client if you're automatically assuming that she's guilty, how likely are you to win, you know, how likely are you to actually help her win? if you just assume yeah, and, that she
0: did it. Yeah, and Elle could probably relate to her, too, feeling like this woman who's probably considered um, a gold digger, and she could probably relate to her feeling out of the box and really wanted to help her, because if it wasn't for Elle Woods, she would have been thrown in jail. Yeah,
1: yeah it's, it's interesting. I also, it's an interesting case. Okay. That they, oh, sorry, I was just going to say it's an interesting case, but, like, you know that this is the first one that Elle ends up doing, is this one where, you know, she has unique knowledge that nobody else would have been able to pick up on. Like, you think Callahan or Warner would have known that, uh... Oh, but it's an awful name, Chutney.
0: Chutney, oh my god. That is the... I know, that is such... No wonder she's the killer, she has that name. Spoilers. But that ending is so satisfying when she like finds out that the girl says she was in the shower and then she finds out that Chutney went to have a perm supposedly and Elle's like well if you had a perm why would you have a shower right away and then she like breaks it down and people are like why are you even talking about this like the order order like the judge is like don't talk about you know her having a perm and going to the hairdresser how does this have any uh how does this affect the case and she totally proves them wrong when it really was chutney the stepdaughter or the real daughter sorry but the stepdaughter of brooke and it's just eye-opening and it's so satisfying to see that
1: i was just gonna say it's so satisfying because um you know that like if callahan were still working on the case if you know, Warner was the one who had to do that, like, they wouldn't have known about term maintenance, they wouldn't have been able to make that connection.
0: Yeah. And I like how at the beginning, what is at stake for Elle Woods is not marrying Warren. And then it changes to not winning the case and not getting Brooke out of jail. And then it changes to not becoming a great lawyer. And and it just completely changes throughout the whole film what we and what she believes is at stake for herself.
1: Yeah, it definitely, it's got a lot of twists and turns for like an hour and a half, relatively, I hesitate to say lighthearted, but you know, it's like a relatively light, like hour and a half, primarily comedic movie. Um, And yet it's got like so many good plot twists and so many like genuinely meaningful moments
0: Did you find it predictable, the movie?
1: Well, okay. Because, again, like, I saw the musical, so I already knew what happened in it. But the musical was not predictable. (laughs) I will say that. Because, um, yeah, I totally... It was funny, too, because I think um, just because, like, sadly, my brain... This is an awful thing. But just because of, like, between the Me Too movement and just, like, you know life in general and things you see on the news, I'm sort of conditioned to believe at this stage that you, like, can't trust male professors with, like, a lot of power. In the musical, <laughs> they actually, the only teacher that they have is Callahan. Like, they cut the the female professor character, I guess, just to, like, focus on him more. He's the only professor who exists in the musical who, like, teaches Elle. And so when you first meet him, I was like, mm, I don't know how I feel about this guy. I feel like he could be untrustworthy and then the the scene it's the the same scene in the musical as it is in the movie where um Callahan invites Elle to stay behind and invite her Uh, her into his office I remember watching it with my girlfriend and I paused it and I was like oh my god he's gonna hit on her this is the plot twist he's gonna hit on her and Hannah was like just watch it and find out and of course I was right but I like did not think that that was a possibility or that was where the plot was gonna go until the moment when he invites her into his office I was
0: like oh no (laughs) he's totally gonna hit on her (laughs) yeah and it's something that you know, is so realistic and ingrained in our society that it doesn't even seem that shocking.
1: Yeah, which is very sad. But um, I did really like, like, from the very beginning, um, when Elle initially goes to Harvard and is like, I'm going to go to Harvard to chase Warner, I remember saying to my girlfriend, like, I really hope that this is one of those shows where it ends with her realizing that she's too good for Warner and leaving him. I really hope that she doesn't end up with him in the end. But I, I didn't know, like, until the sort of midway point where she really, like, refocuses on being a lawyer and decides to leave, uh, you know, her chasing of Warner behind. Like, I didn't know how it was going to go, especially with it being, like, you know, a stereotypical hmm. early 2000s pop well, movie. Like,
0: if she had married Warner, she wouldn't have been able to be a lawyer. He wouldn't have let her keep a job.
1: Yeah, and even, like, if you think of, you know, at the very beginning, if he had ended up proposing to her as opposed to breaking up with her, he would have gone to Harvard and she would have just been, what, a housewife? Like, so it's, I don't know, it's, yeah, it was like, once it gets going, parts of it were predictable, but there was definitely, like, enough surprise and enough twists that, Mm -hmm. like, it didn't feel overly predictable. I didn't.
0: Yeah, like, the murder case, I didn't predict that. But also, I didn't, I wouldn't have predicted that Vivian and Elle become friends. Like, I like how each character has such great dimensions, and they're, like, very unconventional. And, you know, they don't have to be rivals just because they were with the same guy. And I really like that they show that. I honestly, I never predicted that Elle and Vivian would have
1: become friends. I thought it would be, uh, like... Actually, I guess Mean Girls isn't really a good example, but, um... What is a good example? I can't really think of a specific one off the top of my head, but you know how so often in those, like... Especially those, like, sort of early 2000s, late 90s uh, movies like this, you know, it ends with the our lead female, like, gets what she wants and shows it to everybody else, and Vivian would end up, you know crying in the background because she's lost it all and Ella's beaten her like it 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 was a it was a big surprise to me that her and Ella actually end up becoming friends and Vivian gets this redemption arc it's nice to see that Ella could come out on top without having to necessarily beat anyone
0: well not to go back to princess diaries but you know it is very predictable but she does you know ball for the guy she's always had a crush on and then once she becomes a princess he wants to be with her and mandy moore's character who is like the blonde bitchy teenage rival you know ruins it for her and then in the end uh, mia thermopolis ends up with her best friend who was always really nice to her and he always loved her and i like that she didn't end up with the popular guy just like uh ends up with emmett I mean, Princess Diaries 2 is very confusing because I don't know what happens to Michael Moscovich, who, I'm not going to lie, was definitely my first crush. And I was very sad when, like, Chris Pine just swoops in in the second movie. Not to, like, ramble, but what happened to Michael Moscovich?
1: See, it's funny that you say that because, to be honest, one of my first crushes was definitely Chris Pine's character in the second movie, so I was totally fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, probably when I saw that, I was very hurt, but probably after, like, ten minutes, I was into Chris (laughs) Pine. But now we're just... (laughs) I can edit this out. (laughs) Oh. Whatever. Um, But (laughs) whatever you want, it's your podcast. Um, Anyway, Emmett and Michael Moscovich are great. (laughs) I kind of preferred what
1: they did with Emmett in the movie. Like, as much as I love Emmett in the musical, and I, I like getting his backstory, and I like seeing their friendship grow. and I like how the musical ends. It ends a tiny bit differently. I won't spoil it for you in case you watch it, because it's a good ending. It ends a little bit differently. Um, and I do like that. And I really, really like the character of Emmett in the musical. But what I actually preferred about the movie is they were able, you were able to see sort of like the seeds of their relationship get planted in their first meeting. and then you just get this two- year time jump where you find out that, like, oh, yeah, like, they've been dating for the past two years, and it's going to propose to her tonight, and you don't need to see those two years of dating to know that, like, they're a good couple. Like, you know that they started out really strong, and, oh, well, if they've had two good years of dating, like, yeah, of course he's going to propose to her. Like, that's cute. That makes sense. And I also really liked how um, one of the things that I preferred in the movie, which I, I, I didn't really think about in the musical, but actually makes a lot more sense in the movie, is when... Uh, oh, gosh, I'm trying trying to get the timeline straight. Um, but it's, I think it's, I want to say it's after the costume party um, when Elle decides to actually start, like, buckling down and studying and, like, really committing herself to the school and to trying to be a good lawyer. And she does that all on her own. Like, she just, you know, decides or, like, realizes that, you know, chasing after Warner is not working, it's not worth it you know, she should try to actually do well at this law school and prove to herself, not to Warner, that she is smart and that she can do this. Um, and she does that all on her own. And she, like, truly is, mm-hmm. like, as stereotypical as it is to say, like a self-made woman. Whereas in the musical, it's actually after the costume party, Emmett finds her and... He He's the one who pushes her to get to work and he helps her study and he's there. And it's nice because you see their friendship. But at the same time watching the movie, I was like, oh, wait a second. Elle's supposed to be doing this on her own. Like she doesn't need Emmett holding her hand and walking her through law school like she's supposed to be able to do this herself. And so now it kind of makes me bummed that they added that in the musical, probably because, you know, had to give throw in more Emmett songs and make it more romantic, I guess. But, like, I don't know, I preferred seeing Emma yeah. able to do it on her own. It was nice to see her, like, mm-hmm. not that she isn't smart in the musical, she's still equally smart, but it's nice to see that she had that drive without a man pushing her to be able to do it.
0: I also, well... I love the comedic aspects aspects of this movie because there are so many. But I love just to go back to how she typically looks like this perfect um, blonde skinny girl that they actually show her working out because... The amount of movies I've seen, including Mean Girls, yet again, where there's like this skinny blonde girl and we never see, you know, she just eats and it's just fine. And I really liked that they showed her exercising and working out with her little chihuahua. Like that was so good to see. And I, again, I think that was one of the first times they showed that.
1: Yeah. And even um, like it's, you know, it's a 2001 movie where your main character is a blonde white woman from a like entirely white girl sorority, so it's not, like, your most diverse cast, by any means, but at the very least, it was nice to see, like, you know, in the, the scene where she's teaching, uh, Paulette the bend and snap in the hair salon, which is so funny, um, and it's one of the, like, funnier moments of the movie, in my opinion, but also, like, you see, like, this very sort of, Uh, diverse group of women in terms of like body shape and race like all sort of coming together to learn this bend and snap and all of them and she never makes fun of you know there's like a girl who's like more plus size who's who's doing it and there's you know women of different ages doing it and Elle never makes fun of any of them or she never you know makes some snarky comment about any of them she's just like yeah let's all do it and it's nice
0: yeah, she just looks in the world in such a beautiful light and I really wish I could have her optimism and scope of the world because she's so kind to everybody. I think Elwood's needs to be president, but <laughs> she just is so inclusive and she's not a bully and she doesn't judge and she ends up helping Paulette, who Paulette, I think that's played by Jennifer Coolidge. She's also, like Reese Witherspoon, such a great comedic actress, like when, um, she ha- Paulette has this big crush on the post delivery guy that comes into the nail salon, and when she accidentally breaks his nose when she does the bend and snap, and she hits him her head into his nose, and he breaks his nose. That is so funny.
1: I love them so much. I love Paulette. She's so good. And she
0: underestimates herself, just like Elwood's, and probably just like Brooke, the um the murderess who isn't the murderer and they all come together even the professor who um says you know I want you to kick Callahan in the butt like she just obviously hates Callahan too and it's lovely to see all these women who are not rivals as they're usually portrayed but as working together against men and not just even against men just helping each other boost each other's confidence and and self-awareness
1: It's really nice. I did also... I'm kind of... That's another thing where I'm kind of bummed that they cut the character of the female professor from the the musical. I think it was so that, like... I mean, spoilers for the musical, um, but they they end up cutting the the female professor character so that you get more Callahan at the beginning. Like, he's much more established as a character right from the get-go. But also, one of the things that they change, which is interesting, is in the scene... In the musical where Callahan hits on Elle, the way that it happens is Callahan actually kisses her, and Warner and Vivian are walking by, and what happens is they both see the kiss, and Warner walks away, and then Elle slaps him, but only Vivian sees Elle slap him, Warner doesn't. So in the musical, Vivian actually does see the truth, and she does stand up for Elle from the beginning, and that's where you start to see the contention between her and Warner, is Warner's the one who makes some snarky comment about, like, sleeping her way to the top, and Vivian's like, oh, shut up, Warner, and and they sort of march off. And then in the hair salon, because there's no female professor character, it's Vivian. So I think it's interesting that, um, that in the musical they decided, because I guess they'd cut this female professor character to have uh, Vivian be the one who sort of pushes her to go, to go after it, which I like, and, and which is really good, but I, I miss the female professor character, um, and also, one of the things that they kept from the musical, which I thought was so well done in the movie, is, um, you get these, like, little hints at how sexist Callahan is, because he keeps asking Vivian to bring him coffee.
0: Yeah. He's so condescending. And I love it when we find out or when Al finds out because we're kind of, the audience is kind of like Al, when we find out that uh, Warner got in because of his daddy and got paid off and got accepted and Al worked her butt off and she didn't use any connections from her family to get in. But he judges her when she gets to law school and he says something like, how can you be here? And she's like, what? Like, it's hard? And he's just so skeptical of her being here. And then in the end, he just his parents just paid off the union to get him into Harvard.
1: Yep, and that's also, like... It's funny because it's such a it's such a brief comment, and it's mostly meant for you to realize that Warner, you know, is is a fraud and that he had to pay his way in and that not only... It's not just that Elle yeah. is as smart as him, it's that Elle is actually a lot smarter than him. Um, but it's also an interesting commentary, again, for a 2001 movie um, to make on, like, these Ivy League universities, where, um, over, over the, the summer, I watched the, uh, the Netflix show, The Politician, uh, with Ben Platt, and, like, Ryan Murphy made it, which is really, really good, um, and spoilers, one of the plot elements in that is, uh, the, the main character, Peyton, gets, initially turned down from, uh, I believe it's, it's either Yale or Harvard, I think it's Yale, they initially turn them down but then, and put them on the wait list, but then they come back to them and they're like, oh, well, we could put you off the wait list if, you know, your rich family helped us pay for this library. And there's a whole bit about, you know, how these, these supposed Ivy League schools, which are supposed to be so much better than your your standard public education school, actually have a lot of people in them who just sort of paid their way in and I can't believe in like a 2001 movie they acknowledge that it's you know it was ahead of its time yeah
0: this movie it really was I didn't pick up like when I'm eight or nine watching this uh, how much how modern it was and it wasn't directed by a female and I I was wondering if maybe that was the case but it was so modern and it's really one of the first kind of girl rules movie without a big group of women just a single girl making it happen for herself not because of a man just on her own on her own reasons yes
1: yeah it's it's really it's really interesting and i think like another thing that surprised me in how like um you know ahead of its time it was or or even just how um it's still like a good movie to watch today because you know i find that like a lot of times you will look back on these movies from from the the 90s or the early 2000s or whatever and you can't help but cringe sometimes like there's always stuff where you're like oh that wouldn't have been said today or you know that wouldn't have been made today but I think Mm. like in Mm. in the movie there was only like one line where I was like oh that wouldn't have been said today but it was one line out of this whole hour and a half movie um whereas I expected to cringe a lot more because what's it, I find it... This is, like, a bit of a, a, an aside, but I find it interesting how, like, you know, movies and TV and theater all, like, differ in how progressive they are and, like, the progress they've made over the years because in some ways, like, musical theater and theater in general has been a lot more progressive, but I think in other ways, sometimes we mm-hmm. find these, like, gems of movies like the Legally Blonde one where you're like, oh, this movie was actually doing way better than theater was at the time because um, in the musical one of the things that they add, which, thank God, is not in the movie, um, is they they try to make this joke about... You know how um, at, at the beginning of the movie, there's uh, you you see all these characters introduce themselves who are new Harvard students, and it's supposed to show how different Elle is. Like, there's Derek, who we mentioned earlier, who already has, like, a master's and a PhD, and there's, like, Edith, who's done all of this... Um, you know, human rights stuff, and, you know, these these people yeah. you who know, are very much are stereotypical, like, Harvard students, and in the musical, which was made in, at the latest 2008 or 9, um, but still, like, a few years after the movie, um, during that scene, they have this, like, really racist portrayal of, like, a Middle Eastern guy, and the whole joke is, and his name is, like, incredibly racist, it's not a real name, Um, and it's like, oh, haha, like, the the people from the Middle East who, like, pay their way into Harvard, lol, isn't that funny, people who are immigrants, (laughs) haha, funny immigrant joke, and... And this, this was, was in, in the musical. musical. And this was in the musical, which was made years later, and he doesn't oh, okay. exist. Oh, yes, I was right like, I don't remember that. Way. Yeah, and he doesn't exist in the movie, and I thought that was so interesting. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Why did the musical, which was made... They added that in there? Yeah, why did the musical consciously decide to add in a racist stereotype that wasn't in the movie? Like, the movie doesn't make any of those type of jokes. It's... I don't know, it's it's yeah. interesting.
0: Like, I, I I was I was very pleased that he wasn't in the movie because, man, he's yeah. not good in the musical. Yeah, and, it, like, the character of Elle Woods herself is very modern, and she's very independent, and still, this is the generation, I guess, that would have watched this movie that still probably had moms that were homemakers, and this was all new about, like, going to university not just to find a boyfriend, but to actually get a job. Because usually university, if you did go, which many women didn't, it was just to find a husband. And I uh, i listened to an interview um, a couple months ago with Reese Witherspoon. And she's one of my favorite actresses. And she was talking about like, I, I realized how a lot of actors nowadays who don't really want to talk about their breakout role because they're kind of ashamed of it or they don't really, like Leonardo DiCaprio never wants to talk about Titanic. And I always find that rather insulting because it's what got them their big break. And without Titanic, you know, he would never have been who he is today. But Reese Witherspoon is very grateful for Legally Blonde. And she was asked a question like, oh, when people come up to you on the street, what is the movie they always ask you about? Or what do they always want to ask you? And she says, the thing that people say to me the most is it's these women who, I guess, are now in their 30s or 40s, and they say to her, thank you so much for making Legally Blonde because you made me believe that I could go to law school, and if it wasn't for that movie, I would not have gone to university. And it made me, like, have goosebumps thinking that a movie can change a person's life, and of course it can, but these women never saw anything like that, and we still haven't seen anything more uh, recent to that extent, but that how... A movie like that can change people's lives.
1: Yeah, well, and I think um, what's so what's so powerful, especially about that moment where Elle stands up to Callahan, trying to make a move on her, and she gets this little team of uh, Emmett and Brooke Wyndham, the the one the accused, um, and eventually Vivian, <laughs> um, to sort of stand up around her when she when she has this little powerful team behind her. Is you know you hear a lot of talk nowadays about movies coming out in the post-Me Too era, and you get these movies like Wonder Woman and Captain Marvel or even, you know, these really strong female characters in, uh, like, the Avengers movies or, I'm just thinking of superhero movies, but, like, you you get more... Yeah, Yeah, Black Widow or Booksmart.
0: Yeah, yeah, Bird Yeah,
1: that's a good one. Lady Bird yeah, like, you get a lot of these, like, in the post-Me Too era, like, we are getting even more movies with, like, strong female or, like, strong non-male lead characters, which is fantastic and super important, but at the same time, how many movies have there been since then which have actually directly addressed the issues that Me Too are talking about?
0: Like, Legally Blonde doesn't have a strong... Yeah, there hasn't been any. Yeah, right? Like,
1: Legally Blonde doesn't just have a strong female character, it actually directly addressed the issue, and... I don't know, when was the last time that, I mean, maybe I'm just out of the loop, but but when was the last time, especially post-Me Too, when a movie was made, like, directly covering that issue?
0: I think they think that since Me Too is happening, that's not an issue anymore, which is complete bull, but I bet that's what Hollywood thinks, and actually, Legally Blonde is the only one that I can think of that actually touches on that, because usually there's still this, you know, stigma around women going to university and how they do get their grades, especially in America. And in in different parts of the states that don't believe women should go to university. And if they do, what do they do to get there? And I think with Hollywood, they're just using superhero movies. Even though I would rather see a woman that looks like me or, you know, acts like me that I could actually relate to. Who is going through situations because as women, we are all going to have a situation where we are not going to be accepted, and we probably have already, I mean, I have, or being felt like we're underestimated, and women who are of color, or, you know, have different cultural backgrounds are going to have to go through even more of those barriers, and if someone like Elle Woods, who is, like, white and privileged and rich has problems, what else, what's going to happen to the other people?
1: Yeah, exactly, and yeah, and I think, like, you know, obviously not discounting the importance of like strong female roles because it is important and it is great to see you know like these like princesses like Moana who you know break the stereotypes and superheroes like Captain Marvel and uh Wonder Woman who are these like strong female leads like that is very important to see of course but at the same time it's like It's like Hollywood decided to make all these strong female characters in fantasy worlds to show, look, look, we support women, we support women, we think they're strong, we think they're brave, but they always put them outside of reality, like, you you don't get to see men in in real life, real human being, normal, average women and non-men have to, like, face more... Realistic struggles. Like, yeah, is it satisfying to watch Captain Marvel punch out the dude who's been, you know, sexist towards her all movie? Sure, but it's different to watch, you know, two aliens beat each other up than it is to see, like, Elle Woods stand up to Callahan at Harvard, a real school in, you know, New York, a real place.
0: <laughs> or even a Lily James and Tessa Thompson stand up for themselves in Little Woods where they had no superpowers. I wish this movie there would be something like this nowadays for kids now that are 9 and 10. Cuz if I have a daughter, I would definitely show her this movie. If I had a son, I would too.
1: Yeah. I I would yeah, no, I this is this is definitely one of those movies that I feel like is going to be like not one that I show them initially because I feel like if I had seen this as a kid, a lot of it would have gone over my head, but you know, like once they're like getting into, you know, preteen age, like this is a good movie to show your preteen. I feel like.
0: So, did Legally Blonde move you or not? Oh, it definitely
1: moved me. Yeah, it's like it moved me in a funny way. It you leave it feeling good. Like I know my girlfriend has said it's one of her like top feel good movies of all time. Like it definitely leaves you feeling good and makes you laugh, and makes you smile, but it also has, like, genuinely really good emotional beats, and, like, every time that Elle Woods overcomes a challenge, or stands up to something, and her eventual graduation as valedictorian, in her stable relationship with Emmett, like, you, you feel so good for her in the end, like, it's just, it, it really is moving to see, you know, her, her do that all herself, and, and get to where she is.
0: Yeah. And you, like I said before, you strive and you really want the best for her character throughout the whole movie. And you're always on her side because she is a really good person. And yes, she has her own flaws, but she is thoughtful. She's non-judgmental, and she's caring towards other and she works hard. She's a hard worker and she deserves to get credit where credit's deserved and not be underestimated. And I do remember when I was nine or ten watching this for the first time. I really enjoyed it, but I didn't really it didn't really stay with me as much as it has when I rewatched it as an adult. And now when I rewatched it, I just loved it because now as a woman maybe seeing it in different more mature eyes I know what it feels like to be underestimated or told oh you can't do that or you know I haven't been in the extent of having someone make a pass at me especially someone that's powerful uh, or a professor over me but it was really nice to see it through different lenses and I loved how she like looked at a problem as a new challenge instead of like being scared and running away and she overcame all that was thrown at her and defeated it with always a smile on her face yet she, I didn't find her to be phony or you know over pretentious or condescending or just stupid like a ditzy, like you said she was always on the ball but knew what l- important what important things are in life and she always stayed true to herself and didn't change for Warner. So that's even yeah, better. Yeah, definitely. Do you have anything left to say?
1: <laughs> just that this movie is fantastic. And I honestly... I do kind of wish that I'd seen the movie first, just because it came first. Um, like, uh, in, in uh, as opposed to the musical. Like, I kind of wish I'd seen the movie first. But... Um, it was still really good. Like knowing how it turns out didn't take away from the movie at all. And I can see why people like my girlfriend rewatch it so many times because like I would rewatch this movie easy. Like it doesn't matter that I know how it turns out. It's still enjoyable. Um and also if you haven't seen the musical yet, definitely check it out because while it does do some things less well than the movie, there are other things that I think it does better and the music and it's really really good and catchy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and we're probably re-watching, like you said, Hannah rewatching this movie and me rewatching this movie because there isn't actually that much out there with strong female characters. So if anyone in Hollywood is listening to this, can we please have some more, like, strong female women that aren't superheroes, but just normal human beings?
1: Yes, please.
0: <laughs> Anyways, Christina, it was a pleasure to have you back on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I always have a good time.
0: And all the listeners out there, thank you so much for listening and please watch Legally Blonde if you haven't watched it and just go rewatch it because it's a great movie.